Welcome back to episode 19 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Released in 2018 by Studio Cloverworks, it has 13 episodes, and as a big surprise to me from what I can find, this series does not have a dub version. Which, if we're being completely honest from the last couple of reviews that I've done checking out the dub version, they've all been awful, so I'm sure they would have messed this one up as well. As for how I discovered the series, it's not rocket science. The poster was a hot girl in a bunny outfit. I mean, of course I added it to my watch list. From what I understood from the brief description I saw in the series, I, like everyone else, thought this was going to be a show where the main character is like the only one to see this girl in a bunny suit. So I figured it was like a goofy show about this guy losing his mind and just having sexy imaginary friends. What I didn't expect was a deep look into relationships and supernatural phenomenon. This show does different mini stories the right way. Every two to three episodes is a different focus, but it all relates to the overarching theme of the season. Each little arc builds into the next, and we never restart or lose any of the previous story. The plot follows Sakuta, Azusagawa, a high school student who one day notices a girl named Mai Sakurajima walking around in public with a provocative bunny outfit. Sakuta quickly realizes he is the only person who can see Mai. This piques his interest, so he begins digging deeper into how Mai became invisible and why he is the only one to notice her. With this series, I figured the best way to break it down would be to be focused on one mini-story at a time. So we start with Mai. She's a celebrity who has taken time off and returned to high school. And my initial thoughts when I first saw the series were that Mai was disappearing because her existence is predicated on how others perceive her. We all know we exist as the old saying goes, I think, therefore I am. With Mai being in the spotlight as an actress and model, I thought her validation of being was taken from other people noticing her as a celebrity. So once she took a break from fame, her posters are not plastered everywhere, she's not coming out with a new television program, so I speculated her not being in the public view is why Mai was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Which translated literally through the puberty syndrome. I mean, I would have thought that like with family and friends that Mai would continue to remain visible, but as we see, her family isn't really around, and with the high school dependency to conformity and cliques, Mai is never really socialized with, so she falls further into the shadows. I really enjoyed Mai's sense of seniority, claiming to be a mature woman, and how Sakura manipulates that to his advantage. And I have to say, Mai's mother is just a scumbag for what she did, and I mean, who forgets their own child? But more heartbreaking than that is when the little dog passes her by and can't see her. I thought that was more emotional than when her mother didn't see her. In the opening, as dumb of a thing as this is, I used to carry my school bag the same way Sakuta does, especially if it was like a hot day or the bag was heavy, just hands in my pocket, straps hanging off my forearm, slapping the back of my legs with each step. And I mess with Sakuta heavy. He is a savage. First five minutes, he's asking a cranky girl if she's on her period. And me and Sakura are just on the same wavelength. I mean, like, how is he supposed to forget a hot girl in a neurotic bunny suit? It's just not possible. And I will say I was pleasantly surprised that Sakura's corny tactics went over my. Like, how he asked for her hand in the grocery store, it was just so cheesy, but it just kind of works for him. And I really enjoyed how dry Sakura's humor is, especially when he's dealing with my. But it also has a tendency to bite him in the ass. He should have just gone in for the kiss in the bed instead of, like, making a remark about it. 
Sakura is also a sucker for pain when it comes to Mai, the stepping on the foot, the pinches to the cheek. He has a weird idea of affection. So when I first watched this series, I googled adolescent syndrome to see if it was like a real idea that had been exaggerated for the show or if it was just something they made up. And it actually turns out it's something that they actually made up just for the show, which I thought was kind of cool. And I have to say, Sakura is a real one for the effort he put in to stay awake to remember Mai. I mean, with all the caffeine pills and energy drinks, he just looked horrible, but he still wanted to help her. And Mai is just a sweet back giving him the sleeping pills, knowing that, like, she's going to disappear once he falls asleep, but she put his own well-being above hers, even though it risked her existence. And recently, this sound has been used on social media a lot, so maybe that's why it stood out to me much more, but, like... Sakura's voice actor, Kaido Ishikawa, killed the scene where he forces the school to acknowledge Mai's existence, repeatedly screaming out that he loves her. I mean, his love overpowered their complacency, making her visible again. Now moving into the next arc for a show that creatively manufactured its own urban legend, using the repetitive day archetype felt like a real waste. As Sakura's love life begins to blossom, Koga's is on a downward spiral. Being unable to face her trash friends, the day restarts causing problems for both Koga and Sakura. I mean, I guess I could say the introduction was unique, she just assumes the position in the park taking a shot to the ass. But Koga's part of the problem in this world, like if she doesn't message her friends right away, they won't like her anymore. Like get new friends, cause those ones aren't real. My best friend lives 20 minutes away, and I've gone 519 days without seeing him. A specific number I know, but it's, it's part of an inside joke. But that doesn't mean that we're not friends and that we don't like each other. Like, we have our own lives. We have shit to do. If we can go that long, this goof can go five minutes without texting her friends during a police lecture. And I have to say, I completely understand why Koga didn't want to date that redhead guy. Like, he has pocket chains. Like, what a rebel. And I found it very funny that just when Sakura needs the day to repeat to clear things up with Mai, it's on to the next one. Like, that was hilarious. And Sakura in this arc is just a dumbass. The only reason he decides to fake date Koga is out of sympathy he gained dealing with Kaede's issues. And there wasn't much for fights in this series, but damn, Sakura is no punk. He eats a sucker punch from the guy who looks much more muscular than he did the first time we see him, gets right back up, punt to the shin, and then finishes it off with a foot to the face. Then proudly announces he's a virgin and takes off running. This scene was just great to me, but like the best part is his true love actually witnessed the entire thing. So it just gained him brownie points. And then of course, Koga starts falling for Sakura for real, just as Mai predicted. And I have to say, Mai is the chillest girl. Even when she's jealous, she won't let Sakura like cheat on his fake girlfriend. And Koga's just a shithead after everything Sakura did for her. She like goes on pretending like the days aren't repeating just to prolong his happiness. I mean, yeah, there's worse days you could be stuck on than a beach day, but like face your feelings and let this man live free. He's done a lot for you. And then the fact that you find out they're on the same, like, wavelength just because what happened in the park, them booting each other in the ass, I mean, that was just a stupid reason for all this happening. And it was one of the weaker arcs this season. Then moving into our next adolescent syndrome issue is a dual story in more ways than one. Our first is Sakura's first love is brought back into his life thanks to a stray cat. Yet she's younger than when he first met her and she has no memories of him. And the other side is Futaba has been split into two different versions of herself, one reverting to a shy, worrisome person, and the other is like your classic 90s teen movie. You just have this nerdy girl, but she like lets her hair down, takes her glasses off, and now she's an absolute smoke show. 
Unfortunately, this version also likes to take lewd selfies and post them on the internet. Futaba is first introduced as very logical, even knowing what Sakura's been through and the evidence of the scar on his chest. She doesn't really believe in puberty syndrome until it like happens to her. And Futaba is Sakura's like weirdness guide. She gives him all the logical solutions and advice about his unusual situations. Now I learned about Schrodinger's cat in university, so I didn't feel like a complete idiot as Futaba was explaining it. Five years and thousands of dollars later weren't for nothing. I also knew she had a crush on Kunami before it was mentioned, like she's given him the eyes at the shoe locker. It was pretty obvious, and a detail that I really enjoyed and just wanted to throw in is when Futaba grabs on Sakura's shirt when Kunami is outside the window, it left two wrinkle patches where her hands gripped. I just thought that was a cool detail that they threw in. And then once again, my being the most understanding girlfriend lets Futaba stay over at Sakura's, with her crashing there as well. But I mean, you gotta admit, that's pretty understanding. And then Sakura getting all giddy over Mai's comment on letting him kiss her until he's good at it, that was comical. Now, Futaba expressing hatred towards her body for the attention it brought from boys, I mean, that was actually some really sad stuff. And lewd Futaba thought she wanted that attention until it got real and then she was just like, delete this account right now. And Kunami rushing to his friend's aid in the middle of the night without hesitation, it was a nice way to show Futaba that she isn't alone and that she'll always have her two goofballs no matter what happens. But I thought it was still funny to kind of keep Kunami in the dark, so he like rushed over but has no idea why. But he's just a really good friend. And I love Futaba's happy place being the classroom she met her two goofballs in. She almost reminds me of like Hermione. And her disappearing through the phone becoming one with herself was super cool. I just wish that it had cut to like some random nurse who saw her disappear through the phone just having this like petrified look on her face. That would have been hilarious. Now I'll be honest, when I was first writing this review, I was going to say that the uh, mini story where the days just keep repeating was my least favorite, but that's because I completely forgot about this next arc that we're going to get into. I mean, Mai and her sister swap bodies. I did not remember this at all. It's just like Freaky Friday, like it wasn't original, it wasn't creative, and it was by far like the least interesting. Now at this point, if I was Sakura, I'd question why everyone around me experiences this weird supernatural crap. Like at some point you have to be like, is it me? But Mai is Nodoka's idol. You could say that she wants to be her. Get it? And that's why we're in this situation. And even though it shouldn't be, Sakura checking out Mai's body when Nodoka is in there seems kind of wrong. So the whole thing is Nodoka has been compared to Mai since she was little, which made her resent Mai. It's the typical younger sister feeling inadequate compared to her elder sister. And I mean, she has some good reasons. Mai is amazing. Like, no wonder Nodoka tries to drown herself. Imagine if someone else is better at being you than you. It's like the one undisputed thing you should be best at. And of course, they won't switch back until Nodoka accepts herself, be proud of her own work, not worrying about what Mai is doing or if she would have done it better. The best part of all of this is just how over the entire situation Sakura was throughout. He helps out like crazy and what does he receive for all of his efforts? A smack across the face for something that had nothing to do with him. He had no part in that. And then we get to Kaede. Coming off Sugumomo, Kaede's first introduction being all cuddled up in bed with Sakura, I was like, oh please no, not another brother complex in two shows back to back. Thankfully it wasn't that sort of relationship. I love Kaede's panda onesie, complete with the hood. And I mean, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Never met Kaede. For her, words really do hurt, and we see the physical manifestation of the cuts and bruises on her body. Like, it's no wonder she stopped leaving the house and being afraid of strangers. Imagine if someone could hurt you like that without being anywhere near you. 
So we started this arc with a press conference. Mai was super sweet with all the things she had to say about Sakura. But I don't see why she even had to do that. Like, why is the media concerned if she has a boyfriend? Then Mai continues her tradition of being the best, most understanding girlfriend ever. Trusting Sakura to go see Shoko. But this arc was Kaede's time to shine. Kaede's storyline was my favorite, not just because she's so lovable, but I was invested in her because you just want to see her succeed and reach all her goals. It's also hard to watch because of her ailments of the puberty syndrome are visible, like we have to see the bruising she gets just from answering the phone. And let's just get into the reveal that Kaede that you've grown to love this entire series only appeared two years ago. I mean, Sakura didn't even tell Mai, and that's why he wouldn't let her see her old friend because she wouldn't have known who she was. That was like the big, oh, no way moment for me. And it got me really excited for what the rest of the arc was going to bring. And I mean, how happy is she when she steps outside for the first time? And when she goes to the zoo, she completed her list. Like, you just can't help but feel great for her. And then as soon as she said she was so excited for the next day, I was like, oh, no, nah, she's not going to be back. And that's exactly what happened. Then Kaede's letter explaining she wanted Sakura to be part of each of her goals for his sake. I mean, God, that was just beautiful. Like the whole time you just think she needs him. But that's what she wanted him to think so he felt like he contributed to her life and wasn't sad when she was gone. Like, he gave her happy memories. When Sakura's original sister returns, she's so different from Arkade, and she doesn't, like, overly love pandas. I died a little bit inside. And imagine the confusion for Sakura. Like, you have your sister back in a healthy state of mind. She's safe from the puberty syndrome. But you also lost a sister that you were probably more close to and had a deeper bond with, living with her exclusively for the past two years and like taking care of her for so long imagine like the mental anguish that would put you under so we might as well just hop right into it best girl waifu and harem best girl is kaide i loved her character her story's the best she's just the lovable little sister as for waifu of course like kaide's 14 so hell no and i understand a lot of people like view mai as a waifu and she's certainly waifu material but she just wouldn't be mine it's just personal preference I definitely see why others could consider her one, but for me it's just a no. And same with Harem, there's no one in the show that would be added into my Harem. As for the ending of this season, I have not seen the movie, but I know what happens in it, which is probably why I've avoided it. So in my world, Mai is a famous actor, her and Sakura are living in a big mansion. Uh, the Kaide split just like Futaba did, so we get old Kaide and new Kaide, and they're just all living as one big happy family. And that's how this series ended in my mind. As for nitpicks for this series, I actually only had two. A lot of the time I found Sakura and Kunimi looked so similar, it was difficult to tell them apart in certain scenes. This did become easier as uh, we got further into the show, but there was a couple of scenes where it's just like, it threw me off because I thought I was looking at the same person. And the final episode has Sakura do some running, and these scenes are the same animations from the opening with different backgrounds. It was super noticeable, and I don't know, I just didn't like that for some reason. We also get festival fireworks and a beach episode, so of course this is a certified anime. As for the music, I know I'm going to butcher this, but Fukushigi no Karte. I've heard this song so many times, and I've always vibed out to it. But now after watching the series on this brush up review, I realize like it's the ending to each episode. It's like, that's where I know the song from. Alright, now we get into final thoughts. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai is awesome. It was much more than I expected, way more than I bargained for. Going into the series, I had no idea what was going on and that it was going to be this good. And even if I had expectations for the show, it would have far exceeded them. 
watch this series. It's an interesting romance with unordinary supernatural elements in it. It's absolutely great. All right, that's going to be it for this week. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.